You're listening to SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Biff Lathrop. Welcome back to SCGA Off the Hosel. I am Alan Knight, joined by the Executive Director, Mr. Biff Lathrop. Biff, how are you? Oh, everything is great, AK. Everything's good. We're in between golf tournaments right now, so uh, trying to keep caught up and ready to go for another run here. You're you're in between tournaments even when you're at a tournament. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's pretty much. It's uh, We had a staff meeting the other day, and it was a, it was a May the 30th staff meeting Um because for June, because I couldn't find a day in June to have one. <laughs> right, it'd be July for you. Know. Right, right. But uh, yeah, our, our, our speaking of our staff, they have been on fire. They have done such a great job and continue to do a great job for us and representing. Um, pull up this morning and it was intern picture day. There was six to eight people standing outside. Yeah, we had well, we had uh, we had two, we had four. We got four new interns um, that are working with us this summer, and then the other individual out there is our newest employee. Sarah Sophia, who's working okay. with the junior department. Nice. So she hers is the permanent picture for the website, and uh, the <laughs> interns are you know for what they're going to be here with us for a few months. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody's been going. We've uh, since you and I last got together, uh, we we had a a lot of different events. We had the Super Senior Four Ball down at Legends at Paris Island on May the seventeenth and eighteenth, and. Had a repeat winners of Bob Edens and Tom Eberhart. Shot 63-69 for a one-shot victory over Joe Hendrick and Mike Mahoney. Nice. Played at our uh, 2022 Golf Course of the Year, the Legends of Paris Islands. If you ever get a chance, it's a I've really neat nothing, place. I've heard nothing but good things about that they place. They continue to do a good job. They, they really like having us there, too. So. Good. Um, that weekend, uh, we went. the juniors went over to Fort Jackson here right in town and uh, had our player series. Um, I think I told you last time, you know, we had like 85 that we accepted and had like 60-something yeah. on the waiting list. Uh, ended up having a great weekend of it. And the girls 13-18 division, uh, Savannah Sansom uh, shot 72-74 for an eight-shot victory at 146. Good playing. And uh, the boys 13-18, Mr. Luke Johnson had a four-shot win with a score 68-67, mm. 135. Good playing. Pretty good playing Yeah, for young man. I would uh, think you'd win by more than four with those scores. Right. So they uh, – they had a good weekend. That player series continues to be very popular. Michael McKee done a very good job with it. And we've got some – obviously have some more coming up through the summer and the rest of the year. Uh, while that was going on, uh, Kyle Maloney and Garrett Glaze and SCGA were down at uh, Long Cove down at Hilton Head for the U.S. Senior Open qualifier. Okay. Tough golf course. Tough golf course, uh, especially when that wind blows. And kind of exciting. We, you know, we've done some U.S. Open qualifiers out there. Even they did a final stage qualifier, I believe, last year. Um, but they've never done a senior open qualifier. So it was a, a good test for everybody. We, we only took two players out of the 84 that registered. Um, and I'm excited to say one of those two was a, one of our South Carolina boys, Brian Quackenbush from Aiken. Okay, yeah. Uh, he and another individual shot 71 to tie for medalist and got those two spots to go play at Century World Golf Facility in Wisconsin. Hmm. Well, good uh, luck, gentlemen. Yep, it'll be, be nice to see them representing South Carolina. Uh that very next day, we had our inaugural SCJGA match play that took place at Congaree. Boy. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. I went down there for the first day, and uh, 32 boys and 16 girls, and uh, they they did they went through the match play tree and this three-day event. I, so I followed along on social media, and yep. there were some upsets in that thing. That, that uh, In fact, I think your number one seed got beat in the first round. Yeah, there, there was. Uh, I, I had the pleasure to go uh, – Score and, and 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 referee for uh, the uh, um, tip price in the Gabe Schmitz match, yeah, which yeah. Gabe ended up in the finals. Um, but but Gabe beat Tip, which was a, a pretty big upset. Yeah, Tip was a high ranked yep, player. Yep. So it it was great though. They they did a great job. The membership, uh, the ambassadors, uh, really really enjoyed having us there. Um, it was a great event. They they did a great job with it, and these kids just got. Man, the, the first tea stuff, Alan, was unbelievable that they got, and the lunches they gave them each day. And, uh, I, I, again, I never got to experience anything like that when I was a junior. I'm telling you, man, with the circuit they have, if you look at what happened there at Congaree, and what happens at the Blade, what happens at the Players' Championship, these kids are so lucky. Oh, my gosh. And, 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 and you know, kudos to everybody that gets involved and gets behind that and makes that happen because it's uh, it's a process, and they do a great job with it. But when, when the match play was all said and done um, – in the the girls division, Miss Carolyn Hawkins, she needed one extra hole. It took 19 holes to win, but she won one up over Bridget Wilkie, 
Uh, she made a birdie on that on that playoff hole. Good for win Caroline. There. And then in the boys division, uh, Rowan Sullivan and Gabe Schmitz went against each other, and Rowan came out on top four and two. Yep. Former junior champion. Former junior champion. Uh, good player. Uh, and, again, you know, in match play, I always say in match play, if you, you make the final match, win or lose, you, you've done really well. You beat a lot of good players to get there. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, we, as as that was finishing up, we, we had already started this SCGA, started our match play, the four-ball match play that we do at our home at Musgrove Mill. Yeah. Um, great, great golf tournament there. You know, it, it can be – it's two days of stroke play, so Wednesday and Thursday, and then we go into match play and uh, – Get through match play. We're finally on Sunday. We're down to two teams. Yeah. And uh, I had a guy last year call me and ask me, man, a five-day golf tournament, that's a really long golf tournament. I said, it's only long if you play good. <laughs> uh, you can play, play bad. It would be a two-day event for right, you. But right. when ours was all said and done, and I, I, I'd have to go do some research on this because I don't remember the last time it happened, but we had our medalists from the first two days was Garland Farrell and Robbie Beershank shot 69-64. Mm-hmm. Our defending champions couldn't play this year, so uh, they, they've got the number one seed. Yeah. And, boy, if they didn't roll through the entire they field won and won the whole yep. thing, they ended up beating Dane Burkhart and Jonathan Brazil 3-2 uh, and two on the Sunday match. And uh, I, I, I don't know if they ever saw 17 or 18 during the, <laughs> all their matches they played. They might not have. So it was good to have Garland and Robbie on the – on the championship wall here, and then you know, again, great playing for those guys. A lot of golf. That's what a couple of those guys were saying on Sunday morning when I was out there with them. Man, this is more golf than I'm used to playing. It is. It's mentally taxing. Well, you know, you, if you win, you you play you play your two rounds on Wednesday and Thursday. You play two two matches on Friday. You play two matches on Saturday, and your reward is to get up and get out there at eight thirty right. next morning, and get going. <laughs> and we had to do it in the rain this year too. It rained oh, almost during the entire final match. So, mm. but we got it done. So. Uh, that was a good two-week run for us, and uh, now we're getting ready to get into June and, and get this uh, get this next run going. Uh, right before this episode comes out, we'd have done our second junior qualifier over at Hartsville uh, for the junior championship. Um, our juniors roll, junior crowd rolls right from there on June the 5th. We'll be at the U.S. Uh, Daniel Island for the U.S. junior qualifier, which is actually where the U.S. junior is taking place this summer. That's what I heard. It's kind of cool. Go watch some Not of sure that. sure we've had that opportunity before. Uh as they're finishing up the U.S. Junior Qualifier, wouldn't you know half of the U.S. half of the junior staff is going to be heading upstate to go take care of the upstate junior, which is going to be at Smithfield. Smithfield, yeah. That'll be June the sixth and seventh, uh, and then they come back, turn right around, and come back, and we've got our our junior championship is going to be at the Country Club of Lexington this year as part of our five year rotation. Yeah, uh, kind of got messed up with COVID in there, so we're this is uh, we're back on rotation now for five years at each year at Country Club of Lexington. And Chris Miller's going to be the head pro. What a how about that? Just a turn of events. That yeah, is. gone from running it to <laughs> yeah. being the head pro and hosting it. Last time it was there, he was in charge. Yeah, of that's it. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And then uh, when that finishes up that day, that's June. That's the the fifteenth of June. We also have our father son championship, which we'll be playing at both the uh, Chanticleer and Riverside courses up at Greenville Country Club. Yeah, uh, full field. Uh, we do split up into five flights. Uh, that's a tough, you know, it's a it's a challenging day because it, it's uh, father son and they they play alternate shots, select drive alternate shot. You do you have some teams that just enjoy the time together, and you have some competitive teams that end up arguing. It's so it's such a good day. Yeah, my you day. know dad and I used to play in that thing until we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we we quit. Uh, uh, it almost came to blows one day on number I think it was number six at Wood Creek when we had it out there. But um, anyhow, that's funny. Uh, it's great to see all those guys get together and get together and come and play. And and you know we've got. We've got, you know, 70-year-old dads and 50-year-old sons, mm-hmm. and we've got, you know, 25-year-old dads or 30-year-old dads and, and 10-year-old year old sons. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it's fun to watch. It's, it's a good good day, but a lot, a lot going on. Tis the season. We're here. We're here. Yep, and we have a champion, a former father-son champion. Two-time father-son champion. Yep, well. yep. He, he uh, Steve Lieber. Uh, Steve Lieber and his son Chase won that thing twice, and we've had the fortune to have Steve in here with us and, and kind of – hear about his past and, and all of his accomplishments, which is pretty incredible. I told you I got a I got a cramp in my hand writing down his resume that all the things he's won. Yeah, it's a good one. Y'all are gonna enjoy this one. So we, we hope you hope you enjoy the listen and uh, we'll catch you on the next Together, the South Carolina Golf Association, the South Carolina Junior Golf Association, and the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation strive to promote, preserve, and grow the game of golf in South Carolina. Through a combined effort, each association and the foundation work to support amateur golf, junior golf, and grow the game's initiatives throughout the state of South Carolina. 
Be sure to follow all three organizations on our social media handles for the latest and greatest updates and news. The MySCGA app is also a great way for all members to post scores, follow live scoring at SCGA Major Championships, and stay updated on all things SCGA. To follow live scoring of the SCJGA events, download the SCJGA app. We are lucky to be joined now by Mr. Steve Liebler, another quote-unquote living legend. Steve, how are you? I'm doing great. How are y'all? We're good, man. Thank you for joining us, taking some time and coming to see us in Irma. So, we always ask, how did you get started in golf? Uh, started in golf. You know, my my family was very involved. My father was a very, very good player um, who got my older brothers going. My brother, where, Butch, my oldest. Huh? Where did he play? My father? Yeah. Hey, hey, we we all grew up in Virginia. Okay. So, uh, actually, he, he was a, a really good amateur player out of Atlanta before he, you know, got married and moved to Virginia. So, mm-hmm. you know, they had kids. My oldest brother, Butch, uh, is a 42-year uh, club professional. Um, really? In Virginia. Okay. Uh, was the Middle Atlantic Teacher of the Year, Middle Atlantic Club Professional of the Year, taught you know, five or six tour players wow. at two different places. Um, Elizabeth Manor, where they play the Eastern Amateur and the Cavalier Golf and Yacht Club in Virginia Beach. Man. And then my closest brother, Lloyd, who unfortunately passed away when he was 20 and I was probably 13, was the one that really got me into the game. So, okay. uh, like everybody else, as a kid, my most important thing about summertime was how was I going to get from the house to the pool at the club (laughs) so the only way I could go was to tag along with my brother and he made me go out and shag balls so I'd sit on the back of his golf bag we grew up at a golf course that didn't have a driving range like they have today you get your own balls so I'd sit on the back of his golf bag with my little club and I'd sit there and watch him hit balls and then he'd say okay I'll take you up to the pool, but you got to run out there and, and get all those balls. So I take the shag bag. I learned how to, you know, pick them up and yeah. all that. So, you know, that was my first introduction to the game. And interesting. And now, yeah. you're, Lloyd, Lloyd, he was a good player, wasn't he? Before, I mean, he he's an accomplished player even at the young age that he, we lost him, right? Yeah, he he was. He he. Um, I like to think that he could have played the tour. Yeah. You know, he had great friends like Tom Kite and Ben Crenshaw. And he was in that caliber of player. He was a until Tiger Woods. He was the youngest finalist in the U.S. Junior. Right. Uh, at age fourteen, um, nineteen sixty-four or five, whatever wow. year it was, um, finished eleventh in the U.S. Amateur when it was medal play, um, and was a freshman All-American at Georgia. I. Yeah, freshman All-American, because I think they could play as a freshman um, in the SEC. So, wow. help them win a... I knew he... I'd seen where he had made it to the finals of the U.S. Junior. I didn't realize he was 14 when he made it to the finals. Yeah, he, he was Holy 14. Smokes. Lost to a guy who was, at that time, the club... Or now, just retired being club professional at Oakmont, Jim Masurio. Oh, wow. Really? So, uh, yeah, it was... That's cool. It, it, it was a kind of cool experience. Wow. Um, Were you on the bag caddying for any of those USGA events by chance? Uh, no, I was okay. probably he was like four when he was six, in the USGA. Uh, <laughs> four or something, yeah. I, gotcha. I was really, really young. Even for the amateur? Yeah. Okay, I got you. I, um, that's quite the story, man. So, did your mom ever play golf? My mother never saw the golf course. Okay. Um, she had a number of other things going on other than raising the kids. Yeah. Um, my the 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 sibling closest to me um my my sister kathy danced for the new york civic ballet at one time when she was a kid and a child and then was runner up in the miss virginia pageant wow so my mother took care of that side of the the family (laughs) my dad kind of picked us up at the golf course and shuffled us home and you know you ended up at the University of South Carolina playing golf, correct? I, I did, and and it was a, a a very unusual thing. I I thought I had a pretty good high school career, and I was recruited by a number of, of pretty good schools. Georgia mm-hmm. was one, obviously, because my brother had gone to school there. Wake Forest was one, LSU, 
uh, North Carolina. <clears throat> but it was a crazy year in college golf. Um, Jesse Haddock recruited me at Wake Forest and then in the middle of it left to go to Oral Roberts. Huh. Um, Bill Brogdon, who was at LSU, <clears throat> recruited me and then turned around. Jesse came back to Wake Forest after the whole thing. Bill Brogdon went to Oral Roberts. <laughs> wow. Um, was Oral Roberts some kind of golf dynasty back then? It, it really it was. Okay. It, 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 believe it or not, um, there were some, some really good teams that were coming along uh, from – from that period of time, interesting. We in the now at this time we're late seventies. When did you go to When did you go to Carolina? I, I came to Carolina in nineteen seventy seven. Okay, all right. So uh, North Carolina would have been a, a nice place to go, and I had a chance to meet Dean Smith in the the old Carmichael Auditorium and smoke filled rooms and and all that. But their head coach Mike Roberts was retiring, and Devin Browse was coming along, and you know I. I didn't really see that to be a factor. So I got a call from a guy who I grew up playing golf with who was already here on the golf team, Tim Baker. And this was kind of in the transition, I would say, from the um, image that South Carolina had, which was the good old boy, you know, we're going to take the – the station wagon. We could go play some golf, but we would yeah, be known yeah. as as um, the the good old boys, like a club team almost. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Th- believe me. And and Bobby had Foster had had now become the coach. Yeah. Um, I came on a recruiting visit. I, I guess I was here the week after Larry Penley was here, and um, to be honest with you, I really don't remember a whole lot about the weekend, and that's the reason why I decided to come here. This was the place for me. I hear you. And, and I think, you know, it, it was the greatest decision I ever made. I so think you're still here. Bobby was your Bobby was your coach for all four years? Bobby was my coach for all four years. Wow. Um, he was still the head professional at Wildwood. Yep. And then he went to, at that time, it was Wood Branch, which is now the Woodlands. Yep. And then – to Spring Valley, and then back to Wildwood. I mean, we we never knew where we were going to play from one semester to the other. I mean, you know, you you leave at Christmas time, you come back, and you go show up at, at one club, and they go, oh no no no, Bobby's not here, he's over there. <laughs> so um, we always had to kind of like check in to see where it was. Did y'all have did y'all have a successful college stint? I mean, as far as your teams, did anything jump out at you for your four years you were there? I think the biggest thing, Biff, is by the time I got to be a senior, we all had matching shirts. Hey, um, game. So it's not like you would see wow. it today. But, yes, we did. We um, we had some really good guys. Uh, probably none that anybody would ever remember uh, other than Mike Holland. Mike yeah. Holland was yeah. on my first team. Uh, but my freshman year, we made it to the NCAA. We finished uh, 18th uh, out in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and that was long before the regional. So, right. you know, it was – it would take a, a long time to explain how you got a bid. But, <laughs> you know, if you start thinking the whole southeast part of the country had five teams that went. So you had the ACC, the SEC, all the independents, like South Carolina and Florida State and all that. Yeah. <clears throat> that whole area – the southeast got five bits so you had the georges of the world who were you know really good and and all over wake forest was you know had won national championships <clears throat> so you really had to have a pretty good team and play well to to make it now and there, then there were no regionals so you just went straight to the finals biff has some stats we're going to get into in a minute did you ever win a college event i won Two or three, I think. What was the first tournament you ever won? Do you remember? In college? Period. <laughs> probably my club junior championship. Okay. Um, that would probably be the the first one, I would say. Were there many junior tournaments back in the day in Virginia when you were before college? Now we're going back a minute. No. Right. I mean, I, I think I was just after probably what I would say the, the big five were at the time. So you had the USGA Junior, 
you had the National Insurance Youth Golf Classic. Yep. Um, you had whatever it was in Dothan, Alabama. Junior Masters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and our part of the country had the Bobby Bowers, which was up in northern Virginia. And you had the National JC. And the J- National JC was kind of, I think I played one time. And that was it. But then again, you know, <clears throat> we didn't have all the, I guess, resources um, in my family to go play like they play today. Right. I mean, you know, some of these kids play. Oh, they could. The maximum number of AJGA tournaments, I think they cut down that, that they could play, plus all the other invitationals. Right. You know, and then if they're really good, they're playing in all the amateur events throughout. So, you know, it, always tell, kinda, always tell the parents nowadays is it's the, what they, what the parents accomplish as far as taking these kids from tournament to tournament, to tournament, to tournament. I mean, because I mean, they, they could play every day of the summer if they yeah. wanted to, especially around here. I, I, our state junior in Virginia was, was a very big event. And then I think high school golf at that time, probably meant more then than it did today from a right golfing standpoint. But, um, you know, I look back at at the guys I played against in my state junior, um, even then, and there were probably two or three that went on to play the tour. Robert Wren won on tour, um, who who grew up in Richmond, played at Wake Forest. Um, You know, myself, several others, so. Well, I was going to ask you, because we we got you through college, you go to South Carolina, you're four years there, and then... You went to the PGA Tour in 82, 81-ish? I, I, I qualified uh, the fall of 1981. Okay. Um, which I never expected. I, I was fortunate. I had one guy who supported me financially uh, when I decided to turn pro, which was a rarity um, and, a, and a real gift for not having to worry about money uh, to go out there. So I had... I was with Vinnie Giles' management group who had Tom Kite and Beth Daniel and Curtis Strange and a number of those. <clears throat> and they convinced me, hey, you know, we're going to send your stuff into the qualifying school, but we're also going to send your stuff in to go play in the European qualifying school and, you know, get you in South Africa and Asia and all that. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I don't really have a whole lot of chance to make it through, you know, to play the the regular tour and then boom all of a sudden it happened and I'm like oh my gosh what what is this I'm not prepared for this <laughs> you know I'm 22 years old and I'm thinking hey I'm going to travel the world and I'm going to you know play in all these other places and you know I get to Tucson Arizona in and 1982 to qualify because 82 is the last year of the Monday qualifiers and I qualify, and I'm sitting in the locker room, and I got Gene Littler's um, locker on one side and Bruce Litsky's locker on the other. And Lanny Watkins looks at me and says, what's wrong when he walks by me? And Lanny was a good friend of my brother's, and, and he kind of taken care of me. I said, you know, I, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> and he told me, he says, oh, just keep your head down, walk fast, and look worried, and everything will be all right. <laughs> so uh, that's that's the way my tour but you played um, I, your I, way in. You played I, your way through I, a qualifier. I, I, I played 1982. If you weren't exempt, because that was when they only had 60 exempt players, plus those guys who had won <clears throat> that weren't in the 60 over the previous two years, <clears throat> you showed up on Mondays. So on the West Coast, you had 150 guys on Mondays oh, wow. playing for 8 or 10, 12 spots. And that's pretty much the way it was, especially in 82, until you got through Florida, you know, because the money had gotten really big. They'd gone from playing for like 250,000 a tournament to 400,000. So the winner was getting $72,000. And I mean, everybody wanted to play in a $400,000, (laughs) $500,000 tournament. Right. I, I tell people all the time, they talk about how, how the money is and you know compared to when I played. And I said, well, my first year on tour, 1982, I played, there were 43 events. I think I played in 38. Wow. Um, 
we played for a total of nine million dollars. Wow! Which is now the tour championship, the the players championship, is two and a half, almost three times what we played for in the entire year. Did you, man? Did you take your own caddy with you, or you pick somebody up week to week? Uh, I started with a guy who grew up with me. And then that just wasn't going to work. Yeah. You know, he, he was more interested in being known as the caddy yeah. than doing his job. Right. Uh, I quickly realized that. So I was very fortunate, like I said, having a brother that had great friends growing up, and they all kind of became my big brother. <clears throat> um, and not having so much to worry about pinching pennies and money when they weren't playing – they would basically give me their caddy. Yeah. So, you know, Curtis Strange's caddy would caddy for me some. Bobby Watkins caddy would caddy for me some. I had great caddies all those years. <laughs> you know, I, I look at it and and Haler, I, I, and, I, and I got kind of introduced to a lot of them because of hanging around with some of the other players. So, you know, I got to be very friendly with a lot of the Older guys, Herman Mitchell, who, you know, caddied for Trevino and and Killer. I couldn't even tell you what Killer's name is, who <laughs> caddied for Hale Irwin. And then I had um, uh, a, a guy named Seymour uh, who caddied for Ray Floyd. All those guys, would all, you know, they were a traveling circus. So they'd go from week to week, and if their guy wasn't playing, they needed a bag. Wow. Do you think they helped you, any of those guys, help your game at all? With their- oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Herman Mitchell was phenomenal, uh, just talking you through things. And and one of the greatest experiences, um, killer caddy for me, I was playing pretty good. I can't remember which event it was. And we were coming down stretch. I was probably close to the top ten. <clears throat> and I got a shot on like 16, and, and he always put the bag himself between – my ball in the back and I looked at him we talked about the yards and I said well, what club do you think he goes hmm and I looked at him I said what club <clears throat> you think it's a five and he goes wait a minute boss he says I ain't ready for you to hit this shot yet <laughs> <laughs> and all, you know that meant he wasn't sure uh, about my emotions, how I felt, oh, you, know, wow. you know, what my adrenaline was, <laughs> you know, whether the wind was the right. He goes, I ain't ready for you to hit this shot. <laughs> and it's not like, okay, well, <laughs> right. Uh, I, I appreciate that, yeah. but I, I got to hit this thing sooner or later. It's not like, <laughs> right. you know, nowadays where it's almost gotten to the point it gets so slow out there, you're waiting for him to throw my a flag gosh. on it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's funny, man. So, Highlighted the pro career because we've got Biff texted me yesterday. Goes the list of the amateur accomplishments is so long, so we've got to get spend some time on that. The highlight of your pro career before we move on back to the amateur stuff. Um, I would say I had uh, had to. I, I I played two U.S. Opens, um, Wingfoot and and eighty four and Oakland Hills in eighty five. Two very unique champions, um, and I fortunately I played pretty good in both of those. And then my rookie year on tour, I had a chance to win the Pensacola Open. Um, I was leading going into the, the last day or tied for the lead and shot even par. And when you do that on the tour, you know, everybody goes through you like wind blowing through a screen door. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 you can't Fly stop it fast it. enough. Right. You know, <laughs> uh, so I guess I guess those two I had you know I finished seventh like four or five or six times, which would have been a great career now. Yeah. Um, but back then there wasn't a whole lot of money. Um, and the thing I'm probably most proud of I never kept my card, but I was five for five in the qualifying school. Nice. There you go. Nice. So what? As so before we move on because we also got to get into the next little stage of your life. But so you eighty five was your last year on tour. Yep. Just a financial thing that may, finally pushed you towards something different, or I mean, just I, tired of the travel. No, I'd hurt my shoulder, uh, and I was going to have to have something done to it. All right. Um, my wife and I were trying to decide on whether to have when to start a family, 
and Bob Markham and Bobby Foster decided that Bobby was going to move into administration and the, and the head coaching job came open. So, you know, if you're ever going to say, how can I stay in golf? I don't want to be a golf professional for the rest of my life and, and have 400 bosses every week. You know, probably dealing with parents was the best, next best alternative. So, and coming back to coach at your alma mater, you know, was probably Easy. the highlight. Yeah. So, in 85, you came back and became the University of South Carolina head golf coach. I, I did. I played the, the end of 85. I played a little bit in 86 and and some things, and uh, but pretty much full-time starting the end of 85. Who played under you that I would know, that we might know? A lot. Uh, Is there for, you were there for nine, ten years? Eleven years. Eleven wow. years. Um, Greg McBride or was that Bobby Foster? No, that was the Bobby Foster. Okay. I, I had Robert Dargan. Okay. Wow. Um, that whole and, era. And we could have a whole other <laughs> about conversation say. about that. Um, and and to b- believe me, I, I'm more proud of that person to go from what he was in college and mature into what he is today. Yeah. Um, nice. You know, to, to do what he's done – and golf and, and high school golf and, you know, take on the responsibilities that he's had with no children involved is just a way to give back. Yep. And he's really right. become the person his father was. Yeah, I, I mean, agree Bob Dargan was yes. the, a prince. Yep. So Robert was probably one. You know, I, I had Brett Quigley, who's now playing on the senior tour. Yep. Um, had a great career, uh, good career on the tour. Um, never won, but he's won once on the senior tour. Yeah. Um, Carl Paulson, who you know does a radio show, almost say. won yeah. uh, the Players Championship, um, and, and like that. At one point during Carl's radio show, his Sirius XM show, he was the giveaways were junk out of his garage. You might, if you won a contest, you might get an old seven iron. You could get a putter. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and you know that was that was neat because my brother was Carl's teacher, so. You know, we had had some good years in there. Um, Michael Christie, I don't know whether people uh, would remember the name Michael Christie, but of all the players I had, he could have really won a lot on tour. Hmm. Um, he was he he was a great player, um, but he was fearless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, probably I think he's the first guy to to get the battlefield promotion. To go at, from that time, the Nike Tour to the regular tour, won three times in like five weeks. Wow. Um, Wadsworth, was he on your team? No, he okay. was a teammate of mine. Okay. Uh, McBride and Wadsworth, they were all freshmen when I was, and and, and I don't know how they survived their freshman year because I wanted to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> you know, they, they were all – in that class that came after, kind yeah. of after me. I yeah, the, the, the Seawell boys, did all three of them come I to had you? all three Seawells. Yep. I took over um, with Jay. Yep. Uh, then I recruited Daniel. Um, and then uh, David Lee. David Lee came along yep. at the end. And they were so uniquely different. Yeah. All of them so nice, obviously, coming from. Mm-hmm. Yo, Jackie and, and everything else. Yep. But they were so uniquely different. Um, Jay uh, was Mr. Social, more – golf was kind of secondary because he really kind of loved the fraternity life yeah. uh, to begin with. And and then Daniel probably had the greatest golf swing. Uh, we just – I could never get Daniel off the range. Daniel would hit balls <laughs> – for 10, 12 hours. And uh, he, he he looked so good doing it. Um, you know, and, and he actually beat Phil Mickelson uh, at the Tucker Invitational out in um, uh, New Mexico uh, one year. Wow. As a college. As a college yeah. player. And David play. went, you know, came. And David was not a practicer. You know, right. you, he, he, he'd hit two or three putts and go to the first tee. <laughs> So, I mean, it just this whole mix of sea wells just kind of drive you <laughs> that, crazy. That is interesting. I didn't think they would be that different. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I would have thought, you know, probably Daniel would have been the golf coach because, you know, he, he was so focused and he's a great teacher. He's got a lot of, 
but Jay ends up winning two national championships. <laughs> And everybody talks about him, and and I, I I'll never forget talking with with Justin Thomas, and and I introduced myself to him and told him that I had coached his his college coach, and he said, "Well, tell me something about him." I said, "Well, <clears throat> um, your coach Jay turned down an opportunity to play in the Chris Schinkel because he had to go to the high school prom with his girlfriend, which is now his wife and mother of all of his children." Yeah. And I said, I said, when I told him, I said, you know, it, I can get you out of anything other than that. He said, no, you can't get me out of this. <laughs> and uh, Justin Thomas says, well, I can't believe that. I mean, that's just not, you know, Coach Sewell. He, he won't let us be in a fraternity. He won't let us, you know, do any of the social things. And I'm like, oh, boy. Now we can really open this yep. can of worms. Yep. Yep. That's uh, funny. You didn't spill the beans on him, though, I hope. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. So at what point did you reapply for your amateur status while you were coaching? Uh, 1990. Okay. Probably it was 1993, I think. Okay. Um. When I was coaching and recruiting, I'd go out and I'd talk to these junior kids and everything. Hey, you know, where are you playing next week? Oh, I'm playing in the in, in the Southeast Amateur. Oh, great. I might come down there and watch you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm playing a practice round with Buddy Alexander, who at that time was the golf coach at Florida. Or, you know, they would go, be going someplace else. And, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm playing a couple of practice rounds with Coach Penley. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, this being outside the ropes trying to recruit is not nearly as good as being inside the ropes. Right, you know, that's interesting. With them. Yeah. So uh, I applied. I guess in ninety two or three, I went through the three year um, yeah. deal. I got it back in nineteen ninety five. About oh, I guess two weeks after I got, I left the university. So it never really helped me. Right. Oh, that's so I got you. So, yeah, you were already done coaching. <laughs> I, I was done with coaching. So. Uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But did you look forward to coming back and playing amateur golf at that point? I had the bug I bit you? I, I, I did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I could never see myself as a long-term professional. Um, with, with the university club concept and idea was – coming along but it really hadn't matured yet okay so there wasn't really a place to take my profession yeah. there i didn't want to be a club professional after watching my brother for all the years so i figured if i was going to go into business this was going to be at least an opportunity that i could use from a business name yeah yeah play a little bit of golf well i, I i've got and Steve, bear with me here. I, I went through and tried to kind of get some of this stuff together. And this is just SEGA stuff, okay? I, I didn't get into your national stuff. And uh, I, I will say, I think you have – haven't you participated in every USGA event you've been eligible for except for the four ball, which is just newly created? Yeah, that, that that's a record up until they created the four ball, that one that I was probably the most proud of. I mean, that, that's incredible. That, that's, that's And the Publix was the one that nobody – Gets a chance to, right. to make. I mean, but. the Pub Links, the U.S. Senior. Have you played in the Senior Open? Played in the Senior, senior Open. Senior Open, the, the U.S. Mid-Am, the U.S. Am, two U.S. Opens, the Junior. Right, he's got them all covered. Four, four team, four, five. Four, yeah, the team matches that, that were oh, yeah. there that you, they can't play in now. I mean, that, that that in itself is amazing. But, I, all right, bear with me. Everybody bear with me for a minute. I'm going to run through these things. And I probably have missed something. But, good Lord, every time I turn around, there's a Lieber's name up there. So, uh, we had – we're just going to go through some of the team events. You and you and your son Chase won the father-son, our father-son, in 03 and 07. Right. Uh, you and Gus won our four-ball in 2000 and 2001. Gus Sylvan, this is. You'll hear Gus's name a lot through this. Uh, the Lathrop Cup, which is our senior team event, you won with Mid-Carolina in 2016 with Jeff Twitty and Ron Callahan. 98 and 2001, you won the Mid-Am four-ball with Gus. And in 2008 and 2009, you won it with Mike Gravely. Uh, the 2001 and 2002 partners, Gus Sylvan. 1998 and 2000 players four ball, Gus Sylvan. Uh, the 2000, and, and we're going to talk about this individual here in a minute. 2018 and 21, the senior better ball, Rick Kraut. And amazing story about Rick Kraut. Rick Kraut has only got one arm. He, he was born with one arm. And 
has a little apparatus and he can play as good as anybody out there with that thing. He 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 is got the heart of a champion. A pilot. He's a number of things. He he is a boat captain, uh, airline uh, flies planes, you name it, he does it. I ran into him the other day at an event and. He told me he bought that big boat on Lake Murray, yep. and they're redoing it now. So Spirit of, of Lake Murray. That's right. So, okay, we got Rick Crowton in the 14. You Tress Scott with Northwoods with Chris Mitchell and Jarrett Grimes. Uh, 2000, and then we're going to get some, a couple individual things, 2006 and 2010, the SCG Mid-Amateur. And you also won the 2010 CGA Mid-Amateur, I believe. Uh, 2020, 21, the Senior Amateur hours, two in a row. Um, the 11 City Championships, is that right? Columbia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were going to bring that up. Uh, at, the SCGA Player of the Year in 2005 and 2006. Um, the one that got the amateur, the closest you got to the amateur, the way I could find was second place when we were down at uh, Berkeley. Uh, Mark Anderson I, got you. I think, I think I finished either second or tied for second when Mark uh, Swagger won. At Musgrove, okay. and that had to be 96, 95, or ninety six. Yes, we just looked at yeah, that's he, right. He shot four seventies, I think, was what he shot. Yep, yep. And um, I, I, I had my second round wasn't very good, but I, I think I shot like sixty nine, seventy five, seventy seventy, or something. The, the um, other thing is also a bunch of festival flowers. Yeah, victories. Uh, you know, I. I really tried to play around all over the the, the state as much as I could from a, a, a tournament standpoint. So, you know, I, I would play in Orangeburg at the Festival of Roses. And I played Greenwood, the Festival of Flowers. I went down and played at the Darlington Southern 500 oh, yeah. a number of times. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, wherever a tournament was there for a while, I was pretty selfish. I was going to be in <laughs> I mean that's incredible, and, and, and then you, you you also I'm gonna throw this one here. I saw too uh, the the four ball of Gus Sylvan, the CGA's four ball in '98 over at Camden, I believe. Uh, y'all took that one down. Uh, all, all of that with everything else that I haven't mentioned and, and didn't have the resources to get to, got you into the the ultimate, the South Carolina Golf Hall of Fame in 2017. Yeah, As I'm sitting here, I'm looking at your picture over your shoulder <laughs> in the Hall of Fame room. Well, it, I, I was fortunate. Like I said, I had some great. F- Great partners. I yep. mean, you know, I think you started. Who who could ever look back and say if he only won one tournament, you win the Father Son with your own son, right? Yeah, you know, I I can remember stories that your dad used to say playing with you and and Jackie Sewell and and one of the the Sewells. Yep. You know how 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 frustrating that whole yeah our, thing our, would be. Our career ended real quick. <laughs> But <laughs> but um, for years I played with Gus and Gus was a phenomenal partner. Yep. Um, I don't know which one of those years it was, but if you look at, it, I always thought that that the South Carolina Golf Association had four major four balls at one at one time. It might be more than that now. Right. But it was the four ball, the mid am four ball, the Players Championship, and and the one at the beginning of the year. Partners. The yep. Partners. Yep. <clears throat> and Gus and I. And in a 12-month period of time, had all four of those titles and the CGA. Wow. Incredible. That's impressive. I yeah. mean, it was incredible. It just keeps coming. Uh, one of the things I found in my little bit of a research, how many hole-in-ones have you had? 23 now. What? <laughs> 23. I had no idea. Man. That's and, a lot of drinks to buy. And, 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 but, but you go back to my mother. The one time I think she ever saw me hit a shot, my first hole-in-one. Really, cool. I was I was nine years old, playing from the ladies' tees at the course I grew up on. It was a par three that over water had a bunker in front, and I hit a three wood and it skipped twice on the water, <laughs> ran through the bunker, <laughs> ramped up, rolled down and went in the hole. <laughs> and it was about dusk, and my, I, I I didn't know where it went. I came up there and I asked my mother when I put my little bag down. I said, "Where'd it go?" She goes, "It went in the hole." And I'm jumping up and down, you know, and everything, and and with my other friends there. And she goes, why are you so excited? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Man. And I certainly realized then my biggest critic, my hardest critic, was going to be my mother. It wasn't going to be, hey, I came home and I played. How'd you, you know, she never asked me how I played or anything else. 
But if you started at the dinner table, she laid into you. Yeah. You oh, know, right. it was, we had one rule that, you know, it was an open book if you opened it at the dinner table. You know, and yeah, I, you started when you were a kid, and we all know, oh, I, I, I three-putted eight times. Yeah. And she go, well, you know, you're pretty stupid because you're sitting there <laughs> counting how many times you do something bad. Wow. And I'm like, oh my god, that's pretty good you know, advice. Though. I, I feel bad. You know, she 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 was the biggest critic, so you yeah. quickly understood. You kept your mouth shut at dinner. That's now, funny. I want to flip the coin a little bit, going from critic to supporter and your wife. I've seen her follow you a lot of rounds, right? Uh, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you know, all all the tournaments that she has been with me, um, good, bad, and and ugly. Yeah. Uh, 45 years ago, <clears throat> the week that we got married, I took her to a golf tournament <clears throat> on our honeymoon. You were mad at Dublin. I thought it was a good one. And, and it was, well, <laughs> it was called, it, it was, it, it, at that time, it was called the Fox Puss Invitational. And it was in Lynchburg, Virginia. Okay. Um, it was named for Vinnie Giles' father and another member up there. And people ask all the time, you know, what kind of tournament is this? I said, well, you know, Jay Siegel won it, Paul Simpson won it, David Tolley won it the the week before he went on to, you know, lose in the, the finals of the U.S. Amateur. So <clears throat> they played at Boonesboro Country Club, which, you know, a lot of people in the Carolinas are very familiar with because that's where they play. They – Carolina's Virginia's junior yep. matches yeah. yep. when they played on the Virginia side. Um, so I stayed it, it, with, with these people that I've now stayed with off and on for 45 years. Wow. In the honeymoon suite. Same house. <laughs> and we left there, and I, I, I played pretty good. And my dad called me and said, hey, the people at the Porter Cup have just – you know, they, they want to give you an invitation. Because I I'd played and won the Eastern Amateur before we got married, like a week before we got married. Wow. So I'm playing in tournaments all the way up. <laughs> and so we we left Lynchburg, Virginia, and drove to Niagara Falls. And I told her, I said, hey, honey, this is the way it's going to be. Hey, who, who can ever say that on your honeymoon you, you went under the falls in Niagara <laughs> Falls? I mean, you know, that's pretty special. Oh, that's awesome! But, but she's been a that trooper. was the beginning, and between um, my golf career and all the tournaments that she's watched me play, um, Chase's, Chase's Junior, uh, my oldest son Kyle, who is a very accomplished disc golf player. Oh wow! Uh, you know, we would trade them off. She, she, he played travel baseball, so you know, you can imagine in the summertime when I wasn't on the road working, you know, it's almost like we were stopping and trading kids at rest stops. You know, Chase was going from one junior tournament to another. Kyle was, you know, going from one baseball tournament to another. And, you know, we're clean clothes and off in different directions. While we're on them real quick and talking about them, what is, where does Kyle, is Kyle in, in this area? Does he live around here? He lives in uh, Fort Bell. He's a, he's a high school, high school teacher. Nice. He was involved in one of my 11 city championships yeah. that was very memorable. But Nice. And and Chase is in Columbia. Chase is in Columbia. Yeah. Uh, works for KW Beverage. Right. Um, both of them have one daughter. Uh, so we, we've been blessed with two grandchildren. Grand, grand, grandpa. And uh, so it's it, it's been wonderful. Well, good. That's good. Uh, one thing I want to talk about. Is fashion okay? You've you've been a fashion icon since I came on board in 2006. I didn't really see you before 2006, but one year, I remember particularly, you told me you were going to not wear a duplicate shirt for the entire year while you play golf. Is that right? I, I did. I I went through. Um, it took me about five months to go through my closet, and you know that. That's the ADD in me. You know, you have to find something to do and, and, and the way you survive and all that. But um, I just kind of started at one end and, you know, kept putting them aside until I got all the way through them. 
I, I always felt like you've been pretty quiet. As, as me as an employee and a starter on T-Box, you never said much. You might chit-chat with Gus or something, but I always felt like you let your clubs do the talking. You were like a silent <laughs> assassin. And showing up in pastel colors, not afraid to wear it either, you know. So do you, do you let the clubs do the talking for you mainly? I, I tried to. Yeah. You know, I, I was uh, – I didn't think – you know, when I came back playing amateur golf, other than the very first city tournament that I played in, I really never felt like I had a whole lot to prove. I mean, you know, it was nice. I won three Eastern Amateurs in three different decades. Yeah, uh, that's pretty incredible. You know, I I I, I um, made it to the semifinals of the, the U.S. Mid Am. Ten years later, I made it to the semifinals of the U.S. Senior Am. Yeah. So, you know, I had a, a pretty good mixture of, of things. So I just enjoyed playing, you know, and it's, it's like, uh, I guess from the tour days, you know, I, I'd pick out a score and I really wasn't playing against the field until the very end. I was really kind of playing against myself to see if I could accomplish what I'd set out to do. Um, Most of the times I feel like you did, right? Well, you know, I, I always said, like in the city tournament, you know, my goal was to shoot when we were playing all the time at Northwoods, yeah. you know, 12 under par. Yeah. You know, that's 368s. You know, I had some good years where I shot 15, 17 under. Wow. And I won a couple of times when it wasn't. But, you know, I never really thought about, oh, I have to win, I have to win, I have to do this. You know, it was more of, you know, what do I need to do to execute, to, to challenge myself to continue to, to play at a level that I thought I should be able to play at. Yeah. What, what nationally, like I said, I went through all the SCGA stuff, but nationally, some of your bigger victories. I know you said the Eastern three times. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't play a whole lot of national stuff other than that. I, I, the, the, the mid am, um, and I think that was like 2005. Uh, I was 40, God, seven or something, uh, and it was at the honors course. Yeah. And the honors course was so hard. I mean, you know, if you could get past the first round of qualifying at the honors course under 80, you had a chance to make match play. Wow. So you know. I, and I did, I, and I was about in the middle of the field. But I never played a match that didn't go at least 18 holes. Huh. My first match, I won in 19 holes. My second match, I was like three up with three to go. It went 21 holes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <clears throat> the next match, I was like two down with two to go, and it went 20 holes. Um. And for whatever, at that time, probably one of the premier amateur mid-amp players was Trip Keeney. Yep. Yeah. And I drew him in, like, the quarterfinals. And he had me three down after nine holes, and something just happened. Something kicked in. I played a great nine holes, and I will never forget him. You know, I beat him one up. On the 18th hole, bellying a wedge, and because we didn't have hybrids, yeah, you know, I bellied a wedge up after I knocked it over the green, and he turned to his caddy and he says, "This was supposed to be mine." Oh wow! This was supposed to be my tournament, man. You know, um, and now I lost to Kevin Marsh, who was the eventual winner, yeah, uh, and, and the semis on 17. <clears throat> so uh, that was a lot of daggone walking for a, for right. an old guy. <laughs> And then I turned around and drove from there to, to play in the, the CGA Mid-Am that started two days later. Wow. And lost by a shot. Wow. Uh, and that. Have you seen Trip Keeney since? Y'all talked about that ever? Oh, yeah, we've seen. And, okay. And, no, we don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring it up. Uh, um, so, you know, that that was really kind of yeah. my one of my highlights. Chase Caddy for me at the, the U.S. Senior Am. Uh, after I, I qualified and made match play, uh, he actually has a rule named after him. After Does him he? At the, with the USGA. It's called the Chase Liebler rule. What'd he do? 
um, well, that's what I did. Okay. I didn't read the rule sheet. Ah, so that. Um, you know, you could have a caddy, but the caddy couldn't ride in or drive or move the cart. The yep. player had to do it. So I was playing in my first match, <clears throat> the eighth hole where we were playing from, from the, where I'd hit my second shot. It was a very short hole. Hit my second shot to the green. I just grabbed my putter and in a wedge when I hit my second shot, walked up on the green and made the putt. And, and I turned to Chase and I said, grab the cart because the next tee was right on the other side of the, yep. the green. And he drove it over there. When we got to the, the tee box, the, the official, um, because they don't become referees, I guess, until Match. later on, yep. he looked at it and says, uh, gentlemen, we got a, a problem. You know, <clears throat> Mr. Liebler's caddy moved the cart which is a violation, automatic loss of hole. And wow. even my opponent was like, really? Wow. I can't believe it. I mean, yeah, you're on us about speed of play, and now you're expecting him to walk 60 yards back over right. here, get in the cart and drive it off. Yeah. But um, they changed that rule the next year uh, where a caddy could – the caddy and the player can't be in the cart at the same, same time. time. Yeah. The caddy can huh. move, the, move the cart. And I guess it all worked out because the next hole was a par five, and I had like 130 yards on my third shot and a hole it for eight. <laughs> nice. And went on like a run of four birdies in a row. He goes, well, I guess I guess I shouldn't have made you mad. Or whatever. But, That's funny, man. So, uh, what what would be a piece of advice you give somebody starting out in golf now? Hitting with a tough question. I know. Find find someone you trust to help you navigate all the things that there is from from swing to equipment to success and failure yeah. and work your way through that to find enjoyment. I, I see so many people, and, and I this is from experience, <clears throat> I guess I played the game for so many years for the wrong reason. I lost my hero when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to do something he didn't get a chance to do. And I had a terrible temper. I mean, terrible. Until I looked at it one day and said, you know, there are probably a lot of things that people would love to be doing on a golf course but not be around me. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I, that's what I've really tried to do is find more enjoyment in the game. Yeah. Whether it's hitting, hitting one good shot, hitting playing one good round, or just when you get done, shaking hands and, and being with friends. I will say since I've been watching you 2006 and on, you can't your demeanor, you can't tell a good shot from a bad shot, honestly. And, and you know, I, I and that's good. That's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, that that's that you learn on tour because the highs are so high and the lows are so low um, that you if you let it get to you, then everything else will bother you. Then you'll start looking for excuses. Now you have gone from obviously all all the playing accolades you've got and what you're doing now. Now and, and you played a lot of golf for a lot of those years. I've known you over at Northwoods with that crowd over there. Uh, and we've had all kinds of Northwoods stories come across our podcast here. It's amazing how Northwoods always ends up on this thing. Legendary. <laughs> Legendary. Uh, but now you're up at Mid-Carolina. I am. And you're the president of the club, or I, is it just passed? No, I'm, I'm the president in my first year. Okay. A lot of great things happening up there. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's a golf course that when I joined about seven or eight years ago, just kind of grows on you. Um, Scott has done a phenomenal job with the golf course, the condition of the golf course. Yep. Uh, and the previous boards with some of the direction that they've gone with cleaning out trees and opening it up and repairing some of the areas that have been eyesores and, and make the, the golf course more playable. Yep. Um, the fellowship, the guys up there, it's, it's kind of, Interesting, a lot of the Northwoods, some of the Northwoods people have transitioned uh, from one place to another. And don't get me wrong, 
for years, I would have never played any place other than Northwoods because of Greg McBride and the McBride family and what they've done, you know, <clears throat> keeping the golf course going. Yep. Uh, the the um, competition was phenomenal. Uh, I tell people all the time that I, that I played at a place and we referred to it as gambler's paradise. Yep. Because you could do, you could play for whatever you wanted to, you know, stick your neck on out there, <laughs> and nobody had a real name. Nobody, <laughs> you know. I could go on. You know, you had Harry the Hat, and you had Hippie and Hippie <laughs> Junior and Pee Wee and Bad Hair Grady and Red and, and Grits and Coach and you know, you know I, I can go on and on and on. Somebody should write a book. Oh yes, about that place. You're I mean, right. you know, I. I tell people all the time, go read Dan Jenkins' Dead Solid Perfect. And it's like this Northwoods <laughs> kind of place. Um, and you could tell stories over and over and over again um, from all the things. That, <laughs> and, but but now Mid-Carolina has not taken on all of that, but we've got a great group of people that that like to play, um, that, that challenge you at whatever level that you want to, to play at. If you don't play very well, it'll cost you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great group up there, and and what Scott Crouch has done with that golf course over the last how many years he's been there now is incredible. And now we have got Coach up there as president. Uh, I'd never. We're, heard. we're looking at a renovation project for twenty twenty six. Oof. Uh, hopefully that will. That's kind of my job is to to get enough to get that passed and and move through. Um, and something exciting that I'll go ahead and say, we're going to have a big pro-am. Oh, nice. Uh, Good. September 12th of, of this year. Uh, Chris Mitchell and Scott um, Burke have done a tremendous job. We've all kind of put our heads together. I think we're going to have a tremendous group of golf professionals from all over the Carolinas. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, I can promise we, you that. We, we've, we've got some great sponsors with Kisswire. Uh, it's actually going to be – I hate to – say the cpga isn't going to like it but you know our purse is probably going to be bigger than their right their championship purse um to showcase what mid carolina has oh. has done and to benefit the first responders obviously september 12th is the day after but it's um to benefit the first response the children of the first responders of newberry county wow uh that's cool. To, to and it's something we've we done in the last couple of years. It never we never really kind of promoted it yeah. from a golf standpoint. And we said, hey, it's time to time to throw it out there. And is it going to have an official the, name? It's the Kiss Wire Kiss Wire Pro Am Pro Am at uh, Big Carolina. And that's September twelfth. September twelfth. Nice. Well, kudos. I know. I was talking to Chris. He played in our four ball. Chris Mitchell only plays in our four ball now at Musgrove. I don't ever see him any other time, but he was telling me about this program coming up. It sounds like it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and, and he's done a phenomenal job. I'll, I'll have to hand it to him. You know, he, he's a guy that doesn't mind asking. Yeah. And we're finding, you know, that in Newberry County, our area of the world, you know, they, there's a lot of people who are interested in helping, you know, that population. Yeah. That's great. Well, you, Alan, one other thing, too. You mentioned his, his fashion sense. Yeah. He's also got a pretty scorecard. As a, as a, oh, it, as yeah. a person who's, who's gotten a lot of those scorecards at the scores table, it's, it's always perfect. It, it is. I remember that now. You, did you color coat your stuff, too? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, that's, that's an ADD thing. <laughs> um, you know, we spend enough time sitting in fairways. Uh-huh. You know, and there's only but so many things you can do. Um, and I've done them all, from talking to people to enjoying a n- number of different tobacco products yeah. to, <laughs> at one point in time, um, with Mike Gravely, they said they could always find us on the golf course. Yep. Uh, okay. To, to, you know, then you're playing with people you don't really want to talk to. Right. So what else can you do? So I started, 
you know, detailing the scorecard. De- detailing the scorecard. <laughs> there was a moment in that run there when he was playing with gravelly and he was talking about finding them. It looked like a like a, a smoke chain out there on the golf course. He said, "Look for the cloud," and, <laughs> but you never knew if Steve was going to have a dip in, a smoke in. I mean, you didn't know what you were going to walk up on. Uh, you know, I I think at one time, Biff, I was chewing, dipping, and smoking at one, <laughs> all in the same round. Man, you know, and you add gravelly to that, and. Yo, it was it was an experience. Well, this is going to be a good finishing note, and I wasn't going to bring it up. I thought about we interviewed Gravely, and he said his I asked him what his best shot ever was, and it was some it was a three wood. Yeah, and we got more comments going. That's a lot, but what would you say is your best shot ever? Do you have one that sticks out in your mind? Yeah. Um, God. Uh. Maybe not the best, but just a very remarkable shot. It was that first hole in one his mama watched him no, hit. <laughs> no, and, and y'all might – this is going to go back to Gravely now. Great. Um, Mike had tried with numerous partners to win the South Carolina Mid-Am. And the first win that we had, we came down to the last hole – and I'm not sure whether we needed to make birdie or not, but it was down. Um, God, I can't even think where it was now. Uh, but <clears throat> when I hit my third shot from the uh, on par five, and I hit it pretty close. It was about three or four feet. Mike was so excited, <laughs> and and I, and I made the putt. Mike looked at me. You know, I'm towering over his five four, <laughs> looking up at me, and he says, "I hope you're not gonna be embarrassed because you're gonna be the first man I ever kissed on the lips." Oh wow! <laughs> so that's a so great it story. It, it wasn't the shot; it might have been <laughs> trying to avoid the kiss on the lips. That was at Dalton Island when Dalton, you won that yeah, one. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, you won next year at Oak Point at Kiowa. Um, man, yeah, that gravelly. I, I I'd have to dodge that. Lip kiss too. I would too. That's a good story. That's a very good story. Well, Mr. Lieber, thank you for joining us today and, and sharing some of your story with us. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It's always like going down memory lane and, you know, uh, when, when everything that, that goes in front of your name is former, it's nice to be able to make you feel good and pat yourself on the back. Well, you knocked my socks off earlier when you told me you're about to be eligible for the super senior. So we got a whole nother division of golf you can go in and take on. True. So. Um, well, Steve, listen, I, I've enjoyed knowing you and watching you play golf for my 26 years now and uh, look forward to watching you do a lot more, and I appreciate what you've done for, for golf, uh, not only for the South Carolina Golf Association, for golf in general, what you're doing up there in Mid-Carolina and uh, you know, keeping us all, all in line with everything you've got going on. So appreciate you being a part of it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.